Super glad that you're here with us this morning. Welcome to Spectrum Church. If this is your first time or second or third time, or you're just, come on, just one of our Spectrumites. Come on, give it up for everybody in the room this morning and online. Coming to church, yeah. Young adults, children, uh, uh, family, friends, aged, uh, growing older in the Lord, and just starting your journey with the Lord. It's good to be serving the Lord together. Amen. The older I get, the more I like it when, uh, you know, uh, like at my mom's house, you know, she's up in age, she's 88, and then you'd have, you know, my generation, my brothers, and have the, you know, kids around, and then some grandkids around and all. What a great thing that we have all ages. Come on, in this church, what I love it is that we are multi-generational. Come on, everybody. We are multi-ethnic. We're multi-social, different paths. Come on, everybody. We're just serving a great God. Amen? Come on, we're unique. Come on, this is unique. God's doing something amazing. Hey, we are on a series of lessons, and for you that have been with us for the journey, I don't know if you've enjoyed it, but I sure have enjoyed it, on a series called Hearing God. Uh, again, if you haven't been with us or you've kind of, you know, tiptoed a little bit with us, uh, really the, the, the series uh, has started and began several weeks ago based on just people coming to me over the course of, uh, you know, 37 years of being in ministry saying, how do you hear God? I never hear God. Or, you know, people talk about hearing God and I don't get that. I've never heard God. What, what's he going to do? Is he going to kind of give me a vision? Or is, is a sign going down, you know, kind of like Amber Alert on the, on the, you know, on the highway? Am I going to get that kind of sign? And the answer to all that is no, we've been finding out. So if you haven't been with us, I strongly encourage you, Art said a moment ago, go back to our YouTube videos on, on you know, check out spectrumchurch.org or spectrumchurchsd.org, whatever it is, and go back and listen to some of that content. I really think it's going to help you so that you can ascertain your ear and tune your ear to what God has already said, and then you're going to be able to hear what he is saying to you. We've said that every single week. So let's go back and let's just do a quick review before we get into some new territory this morning. Last week, we wound up finishing up talking about the Apostle Paul, what we're going to do is we're going to, at the, toward the end of the message, we're going to tag back in and find out what was going on in the rest of his life. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a young man in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we'll look at some things that happened in his life. But before we do that, we're going to rewind, and we're going to let you know where we've been, because I don't know, I just, every week as I've kind of gone over and just delved back into the messages I, I'm, I'm constantly challenged on, on, on how easily I, as your pastor, might forget what I've already told you. So if I'm forgetting what I told you, I think we all need a little review. Come on, somebody. Be, because, like what we keep hearing, there's so much content coming to you and I all day, every week. And so we just need to kind of have our ears and our thoughts and our eyes and our attention refocused back on God so that we can hear again and hear afresh. That's not all right, everybody? Here's our key scripture in 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, Solomon was David's son, and Solomon now is taking over leadership for the nation of Israel. And God comes to him in a dream, and God says, tell me what you want, buddy. Come on, you, 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 come on, carte blanche, you just fill in, you fill in the blank check, I'll give you whatever you want. That, that's a crazy request or a crazy statement from God to give to a man. And, and Solomon actually says this, here's what I want. Give me a, come on, say it with me, 
a God-listening heart. Give me a God-listening heart. Here's what I really want. I want a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well. He says before this, he says, I'm young. I'm kind of inexperienced. And David, my father, did such a great job. I want to have that same kind of legacy. So give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well. We've said it every single week. Tell you one more time. You and I will never lead our family well. We'll never lead our business well. We'll never lead church ministry well if we don't lead ourselves well. So I need a God-listening heart not to necessarily be a blessing for you. i got to have a God-listening heart to be a blessing for myself. Give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well, and we can discern the difference. I can discern the difference between what's good and evil. The, the lines are getting blurred now, everybody. Come on, we're, we're in a culture right now that we can't even tell you, supposedly, what a woman is. The lines are blurry, everybody. They're, they're getting blurry. And listen to me, they're going to get more blurry. You need, and I need to have a God-listening heart so we can lead ourselves, our family, our business, our ministry, the job, whatever you've got well, and we can know what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong. Come on, somebody, what is black and what is right. Come on, what is on this side of the fence and what's on that side of the fence. We need to be people that stand for righteousness. Can somebody in the house say Amen. We've said several things, these statements, every single week. Forgive me for repeating it again, but I want to repeat it again. We've said this, is that God's word is God's voice. And God's word will give you God's wisdom. If you want to have your ears begin attuned to the voice of God, you've got to give your attention to God's word. God's word is going to give you his wisdom. I may teach something next week. We'll see. I'm just trying to figure out what the last, you know, last installment will be. But I don't have to ask God or hear God on something the word of God and the wisdom of God has already said. I don't have to ask God or hear the voice of God, should I forgive my wife? The Bible tells me to forgive everybody of all things at all times. I, I don't have to ask God. I don't have to wonder, can I, I, need to, I need you to talk to me about certain things that the word of God has already said. God's word is God's voice and God's word will give you God's wisdom. If you don't listen and you don't attune your ears of your heart, the God listening heart, to God's wisdom, you will not hear God's word, you will not hear God's voice, and you and I will be susceptible to our own ways, our own fallacies, our own flesh, our own understanding, which generally doesn't produce the will of God. We need to be in the word of God. Can you say amen? We've said this every week. As you consistently... Read the Bible, you'll hear God more clearly. There is a direct correlation between you reading the Word and you hearing God. So I would always say to somebody, I, I don't hear God. I, I don't hear His voice. Are you reading the Word? There is a direct correlation between you hearing the wisdom of God 
the voice of God and how much word you are listening to. There's a direct correlation between you listening to that song repeatedly, 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 and then you being able to sing those lyrics while you're in the shower. A direct correlation between you studying and studying and studying, and when the test comes, you being able to bring that to the exam. There's a direct correlation between you reading the Word consistently and hearing God then more clearly on a day-by-day basis. So if you are not, if it's foggy, if it's uncertain, if it's so far out, it seems like God's talking to me in a fog and I really can't hear it, it seems muffled, my first thing to you would be amp up your word time and pray, God, give me a God-listening heart. I want to hear you. Jesus said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. Not they might, not they should, they will hear my voice. Make that your prayer, make that your focus, make that your attention, get in the word, have some time that you're quiet, don't have a quickie with the word, come on somebody, have some long time, have some solid time where you're saying, Lord, what are you saying here? He is going to begin talking to you. Come on, somebody in the room say amen. Amen. We said this, if you'll read what he said, (laughs) if you'll read what he said, you can hear what he's saying. If I read what he's already said, uh, my, 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 my children now, they're all grown. My baby's 25. My eldest is 35. And they will tell you, they will be, they're, they're now regurgitating, speaking what I've told them for 25 to 35 years. They're able to tell you how I think. They're able to tell you what I would do because they've been around me for that length of time. The more you're in the Word of God, the more you are reading what He said, you're going to begin hearing what He would say to you about a certain situation. Does that make sense, everybody? The last two weeks, we kind of we, we, we made a little bit of a shift uh, uh, concerning when we, when we begin tuning our ear to the Word of God, we're hearing what He's already said, the wisdom of God comes to us, we can read certain things where we know this is the will of God, this is the heart of God, this is what God says about whatever subject it is, but then what do we do about personal things? What do we do about things that are uh, everyday normal things in our life, about direction for our life? Where, where to go to school? Where to go to college? What, 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 what career path should I be on? Who, who do I date? Who do I marry? What, what city do I live in? Where, how, do, how do we begin navigating all those individual questions that there is no Bible verse, there is no chapter, nobody talked about it, Jesus didn't talk about it. Well, thank God, God doesn't leave us without help. Jesus said in John 14, 15, 16, he said, it's actually for your advantage that I'm going away. We talked about that. Because when I go away, I'm going to send somebody, he said, just like myself, who's not just going to be with you. Come on, everybody, he's going to be in you. The Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, who's the comforter, who's the helper, who's the strengthener, who's the standby, who's your advocate. He's going to be moving and living on the inside of you. And so every day, all day, no matter what you're going through, You are going to have a GPS system on the inside of you that's going to direct you to the Word of God and going to direct you to my specific will for your life. You 
have the ability to hear God in situations that there is no black and white in the Bible, but you say, I'm looking for some direction. If you're hungry for direction, you're interested in direction from God, you're wanting him to speak to you, the Holy Spirit says, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. You don't have to try to make it on your own. You don't have to be like casting the lots in the Old Testament we talked about. Wonder what's going to come up now. We don't do that anymore. We've got a new kind of leadership in our lives called the person of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? So here's two scriptures we've talked about by way of reminder, because that's my job to remind you today. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, check this out. For as many as are, here's our key word, led by the Spirit of God. Come on, read that out loud, will you? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons or daughters of God, children of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. So what do we know about God? How's God going to talk to us in situations there's no black or white or red letter, if you got that in your Bible? What's he going to do? God says, I've got something better than just that, or, or not something better. I've got something added onto that where I haven't told you specifically what to do, where to go, how to think. I am going to lead you by the Spirit of God. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you. Okay, how's he going to do that? How's he going to do that? How is God going to do that? Verse 16 of chapter 8, the Apostle Paul continues this thought, and he says this, The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, will now bear witness with our spirit. Again, by way of reminder, this would be better if I clarified that. The capital S, Holy Spirit himself, will bear witness with the lower S, your spirit. Remember, remember, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You are hearing my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect this morning. You are seeing and viewing my body. You cannot see my spirit. I cannot see your spirit. The Bible says there's a secret place. There's a secret part of man that no man can see but only God. The spirit of man, the spirit of the woman, the spirit of you, that is you. Every person who's born in the earth is spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of man, the spirit of a woman is that which must be born again to have connection with God. We come into this earth, we are destitute of God. We are sinners. We are iniquity is in our heart. It's passed on from Adam. We must be born again. When we make Jesus the Lord of our life, our spirits are born again. We're made right and righteous before God, holy before God, so we can now have perfect fellowship with him where he can speak to us from the word. Our minds can be renewed to the word and he can lead us and guide us and direct us in ways of profitableness for our own life, for our family, for our career, for the ministry that God has for us. Thank God for Jesus. Come on, everybody. Thank God for Jesus. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with you, with your spirit. So the Holy Spirit is going to lead you, and the Holy Spirit is just going to bear witness with you. So we've said this, that feelings and reason are the voice of your body and soul. Feelings and reason. 
I, it just seems like everybody's doing this. It just seems like the reasonable thing to do to think this way. Or I feel this way. This is not the voice of your spirit. Feelings and reason are the voice of your body and soul. I'm not saying they're bad all the time. My, 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 my uh, reasoning will tell me if I go over the speed limit, I'm going to put myself and my family in jeopardy. So I'm not going to do that. It's not, it's not a negative thing. But as far as being led by God in certain things, what we can know is that everything doesn't always add up for God wanting you to do a certain thing. <laughs> it didn't add up. When in, in 1988, when uh, Kimber and I left California, left Northern California, we were there helping her father start a church. When we left that there and moved to Canada, when, when we had a, uh, had a six-month-old uh, son named Michael, and she was six months pregnant with Brittany. It didn't make sense for us to leave that and go to a foreign country, a town of 8,000 people with 20 people who were looking for a pastor, and they said, we can pay you $500 a month. And guess what the big dummy up here said? Yes. <laughs> Why did the big dummy say yes? Because we had a leading and a witness on the inside of us. Unless you think we had thousands of dollars in the bank, we had about $3,000 to our name. And I took my family and packed us up and went to a foreign country with people I hardly knew that I literally, I know you'll think I'm crazy, that I met eight weeks before, eight weeks before, and moved to a foreign country and said, God told us to be here, and we were there for almost 13 years. How does that happen? God will lead you. God will direct you. Now, don't leave to go to Canada. Come on, somebody. Stay, stay steady now. Stay steady. <laughs> But it wasn't reasonable, and my feelings sometimes would, would lie to me. But when I got quiet, I knew this is what God wanted me to do. If you will be led by the Spirit, according to the witness of the Holy Spirit in your life, He will always lead you on the right way. Always, 100%. So feelings and reason are the voice of your body, but look at this now. Conscience, conscience conscience, I know it's coming, is the voice of your spirit. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. For the born-again believer, the voice in your spirit that will speak to you is your conscience. And your conscience, people say, would say this, you know, I've heard this before, that your conscience isn't something you can follow. I, 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 I'll repute that. The conscience of a born-again Christian who's in the Word, who desires to do God's will, you can follow the voice of your conscience. That is your spirit speaking to you. Your spirit, your spirit that the Holy Spirit now indwells, speaking to you, leading you, guiding you, directing you. So how's he going to do this? How, what are some just practical things? We said this a couple weeks ago. Is that the Lord speaks to our spirits Many times, not in words, but in thoughts and impressions. I, I think I should do this. I've just got this, I've got this leading. I've got this, I, I just have this witness that I should, I, I should call this person. I should, I should be with them. I should, I should take this course at school. I should, I, I should get involved in this ministry. I don't really know. I just have a leading. And if you will be obedient to that leading, listen to me, more light will be given. God never shows you the entire path. He gives you just enough light to walk by faith and not by sight. 
Faith pleases God. So the Lord's going to speak to you. Not many, many times, not in words, but in thoughts and impressions. And then we said this, then our spirit, then our spirit's going to speak to us in words like this. I think the Lord wants me to do this. Uh, the, your, your spirit then picks this up. I just think the Lord wants me to do this. Again, I'm in the word. I'm reading the word. My, my, the ears of my heart are, are directed to God. I'm hearing what he said. Wisdom's coming to me. But Lord, I need to hear you about this. What do you want me to do? What's the next step? What, what, I just Seems like I got an itch. Seems like I got something going on in here. I don't know exactly what to do. I don't, it just seems like, like, like one, of, one of our spiritual mentors said this. It seems like you're, like you're washing your feet with your socks on. It's just not right. It just seems like, like I'm missing something. It's not like it's wrong, but, but, but it seems like there's something more. Listen, you're going to have to give yourself to some extra word time, some extra prayer time where God can then begin opening to you what his will is for your life. If you'll do that, listen to me, you're going to hear. You're going to hear. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7 excuse me, verse 27, is a great scripture that goes along right with this from the Old Testament. Here's what it says. The spirit of a man, your spirit, your born-again spirit, where God dwells, where the Holy Spirit dwells, is the lamp of the Lord. And your spirit will search all the inner depths of your heart. Your, your spirit, man, is the lamp. Is the, is the direction force, is the light of the Lord, and it's going to search. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? The Holy Spirit live, living in our spirit is going to illuminate things. just seems like it, 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 it's got light. It's got, it's got the breath of God. It's got the peace of God. It's got the direction of God. It's given me some light. It, it's, it's like when you wake up, maybe some of you all in your house, if you, if you get up to go to the restroom in the middle of the night, and you've got a night light on. You, 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 it's not, not a bright light. It's just a night light enough to give you and get you to where you need to go. It just seems like I need to do this. In your spirit, things will become illuminated where you can then begin following what the will of God is. Your spirit connected with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit taking residence in your spirit when you begin asking, God, what do I do? God, where, who, who do I date? There's so many, who do I date? Listen, you don't have to go through everybody. God, get me to the right person. Get me to the right person. Get them to me. And you get around and you just go, oh, that ain't the one. Come on. Come on. Wait, come on. Churches, are no, churches have been notorious for trying to connect people together. Come on, somebody. Like, like, come on. And how many of you know some of that just ain't right? <laughs> just not right. In the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel, I want to just kind of draw your attention there. We won't read it all. We won't read any of it, actually. But I want to talk about it, because some of y'all will remember the story, and some of y'all might not, but I want, to, I want to bring it to your attention. In 1 Samuel, um, we've got the story of a woman named Hannah, and she couldn't have any children, and her husband loved her. He actually had a couple of wives. Uh, don't do that now, but um, uh, that was okay then. And the one wife could get pregnant and have the ch ch a child, and Hannah couldn't. And so she poured out her heart to God, cried out to God, and actually the, the priest came and saw her and, and thought she was drunk. She was just mumbling, just befuddled before God, and, and he just said, God's going to hear your prayer. Well, she got pregnant, and, and she had a son, and God told her to name him Samuel. And she said, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you, God. 
And she was a woman of her word. And when that child was young, she then brought him to the temple and she gave him to be a servant and growing in the church, we'd say, in the temple. Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Well, the, 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 the situation is kind of interesting as he's, he's in the temple. And, and I, I tried to figure out and study and, and look at uh, most people think that, that, that he was just a, he, he was a toddler. He was over three years old. He was actually weaned. And at that time, they said weaning happened between three to five years old. So I don't know how you moms think about this. The dads would probably say, yeah, get him out of the house. But the moms would go, come on, somebody. Can you moms imagine your three to five-year-old that left you and now was kind of, quote, unquote, being tutored down at the temple? I mean, he, listen, he slept there. He ate there. Mom would come to bring him new clothes every year. But, but, but that, that was his quote-unquote job. He was being tutored there in the temple to be a worker, to be a leader, to be whatever God had for him there. Pretty amazing story. Well, well the, 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 the story goes on that uh, one night while he's sleeping, he, he slept close to the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of God, which was in the Holy of Holies, and his room somehow was close to that. And, and the Bible says that he heard the voice of God. He didn't know it was the voice of God. And he heard God speak to him, Samuel, Samuel. And he jumps up, little boy jumps up, and he runs to Eli, who is the priest there, who is, his, who is tutoring him, leading him. And he says, well, what, do you, what do you want? And he says, I didn't call you. And he says, go back to bed. And so there's this little guy, and he goes back to bed, tucks himself in. And then the Bible says, God calls him again, Samuel, Samuel. And he rises up, and he hears a voice, evidently an Evidently an audible voice. We don't know, but evidently an audible voice. And he runs back to Eli, the priest, and he says, what are you doing, man? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And it happened a third time. And then it happened a fourth time, and Eli finally clues in and says, hey, brother, God must be talking to you. Go back, and when you put your head down, if you hear that voice again, say, here I am. Hmm. Seems like we were singing that song. Here I am, the servant, speak to me. And God began speaking to this boy some crazy stuff about what was going to happen in the nation because the nation had turned away from God. And God was going to be using this young boy even in the midst of some crazy situations. And God began to attune the ear of his heart to the voice of God. God's going to do the same thing to you and to me. I, I want to bring you, not that the text says this, but I didn't want to take time to get there, so I'd encourage you to read chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, about at least three things that the text actually says. It says, and it starts out that it, this way, that Samuel, he, he didn't know. He, he didn't know the Lord yet. He didn't know the Lord yet. And the word of God wasn't revealed to him. He didn't know the Lord yet. He didn't know who God was. He didn't have a relationship with him. Even though he was around, there's no relationship with him yet. And the word of God wasn't revealed to him. Now, we've been saying this, that not knowing the Lord, you can understand this, not knowing the Lord would definitely equate to not being able to hear God. The word wasn't revealed to him, resulting again in him not being able to hear. Listen to me. Sinners almost 
100% of the time, sinners don't hear God. Sinners are going to hear the voice of a man or a woman, a teenager, who shares God with them. Then God will use that to open their heart, to plant seed, to water seed, to harvest the seed. In other words, they give their life to God. And then from that point on, they're going to be able to hear the word of God through the written word of God and hear God because now their spirits have been born again. God will do some unusual things to people that are far away from God, some supernatural signs, some supernatural wonders, some uh, visions and some dreams. That, that is the outlier things. Generally, across the board, sinners don't hear God. They hear the voice of a believer who shares God with them, who God then will use for them to turn their hearts to him. Does that make sense to everybody? But what we find here, again, that the text actually says he didn't know the Lord because the Lord, the, the word of the Lord wasn't revealed to him. So one more time, forgive me for belaboring this, but reading God's word is a precursor for hearing God's voice. The word wasn't revealed to him, therefore he couldn't hear God. He couldn't hear God. Now, we, we pray a prayer, and I would encourage you to pray it regularly for your own life, personally, for your family, pray it for the church, and in Jesus' name, pray it for me. In Ephesians chapter 1, and Ephesians chapter 3, and Colossians chapter 1, there's these three prayers that the Apostle Paul prays to these churches, and then we can pick up those prayers and pray them for our lives individually. I want to show you just one verse in this Ephesians prayer, in Ephesians 1.18, that I think will help you understand this maybe even a little bit better. In Ephesians 1, verse 18, I think we have it. We have it back there, Amy, in the Amplified? We got it? It's coming? Here it is. It's a lot of words, but just follow with me. Paul prays that we would have the eyes of our heart. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think the eyes of your heart would be? Your spirit man. The eyes of your heart is your spirit man. What's Paul pray? I want those flooded with light. Hmm. Seems like Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. The spirit man is the lamp of the Lord, searching and illuminating all the depths of my heart. I'm praying, Paul says, that the eyes of your spirit, man, the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light. Why, why does God want light in your heart? Why does God want light in your spirit? Why does God want it illuminated? So that you can know and understand. So that, forget the rest of the verse. It's beautiful, and the rest of the chapter is amazing. So you can know and understand. So you can know and understand what God said in his written word and so that you can know and understand God's will and God's purpose and God's direction for your life. God says, I am committed. I am committed. When you're born again, my, I, I, I desire for you. Paul prays, I, I want this for you, that you're, the eyes of your heart, how you see. Come on, you see with your eyes. You hear with your ears, physically, naturally. It's the same way spiritually, where God will begin showing you things, and you hear something so loud, and then you begin seeing in your heart you doing this. You being married to that man, being married to that woman, fulfilling that career, serving in that ministry. You everything in life comes from the inside out. But you got to hear it. You got to see it because the enemy will try to give you a bad movie. 
try to show you and get your ears tuned to wrong thoughts. So Paul prays that the eyes of your heart would be, I love it, flooded with light, just so that you can flat out know. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So, so Samuel, he, he didn't know the Lord. The word of the Lord wasn't revealed to him. Then we see this in that text. Again, read it, please. It says the spiritual condition of the nation was dark morally and politically. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? The, the spiritual condition of the nation was crazy because if you read the text, the, the Bible says that, that Eli was old and his eyes were kind of getting a little bit dim. He was an old man, but the Bible says that his sons, his two sons, Phineas and Hophni, listen to me, they were doing some nasty stuff at the temple. The temple had turned into um, like, like, like a prostitution thing. They were having sex with the gals coming to church. And the Bible says when people brought the fat of the offering for sacrifice to God, they would be eating the best stuff. There was greed. There was avarice. There was sin, listen to me, from the leadership in the nation. And so the entire nation was dark morally and politically. They were away from God. The scripture actually says this, there was no king and everybody began doing what was right in their own eyes kind of sounds a little bit like today this is my right this is my this is my morality don't tell me what's right because the moral compass and the spiritual compass of the nation was wrong again sounds so familiar to what's going on right now but in the middle of the darkness in the middle of spiritual wickedness in the middle of crazy stuff God calls a man named Samuel to be his mouthpiece come on somebody I believe God is raising up the body of Christ right now to be the moral compass in our nation. Come on, in our high schools, in our colleges, come on, in the home. Come on, let's stand for righteousness, everybody. Listen, we can love everybody and still say that is absolutely wrong. I love you. I, I, I'm down with you, but that is wrong. Isaiah prays a prayer, and really a prophecy. It's in Isaiah chapter 60. Don't turn there. But he says, arise and shine, for your light's come. The glory of the Lord is risen on you. Crazy scripture when you read the second verse. Darkness will cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord will rise on you. His glory will be seen on you. Unbelievers, Gentiles will come to the light. Kings, men, and women of influence will come to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around. They come, they gather together. Come on, somebody. In the middle of darkness, God was changing the spiritual compass and the culture of the nation. It's going to be the same. I believe it's going to be the same for everybody whose heart is open to him. Where it's dark right now, God's raising up Samuels and Mrs. Samuels. Come on, somebody. And God's going to use you for the glory of God. Say amen if you believe it, everybody. Yeah. So, so, so it actually says this in 1 Samuel 3, 1. It says, it says and, and the word of the Lord, check this out. And, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. So, so this was the culture. This was the spiritual climate of the nation that God began raising up a Samuel in the middle of darkness, in the middle of moral depravity, in the middle of political craziness, in the middle of 
destitute, just, just despicable things were going on in the spiritual realm and then also in the spiritual church, but also in the natural world. But the, the word of the Lord was rare. And listen to me, it, it, when the word of the Lord is rare in your life, whoo, it's not going to be good for you. That's why we keep saying you need to read the word every day. Every day. Every day you need to read the word. You need to have some word time every day. When you get up, maybe when you go to bed, just read the word. Get the word of God in you, everybody. And it says there was no widespread revelation. There was no, there was no prophetic words unfolding. There was no vision. There was no dream. There were, they were infrequent. Nobody was pointing to the will of God for anybody else. So parents, let me encourage you. You read the word of God. You get the word of God in you so you can be a light for your teenagers and for your young children. Because they're not getting it at school. Not getting at school. Now, now let, me, let me encourage you. Let me just say this. I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to shake you. I'm not trying to scare you. No fear mongering. But, but uh, you know, I'm 62, and there's some folks older than me and some folks younger than me, but I think we're all on the same page. It, it, we ain't never seen no time like this before. I'm not talking about inflation and gas prices at $6.50 a gallon. I'm talking about uh, that, that, that's enough right there. Come on, somebody. I, I'm talking about the spiritual fabric of our society. Never been a time like it before. But come on, when it's the darkest, it's the easiest to be the brightest. So come on, you get filled with the Spirit of God, you get filled with the Word of God, you lift your voice, and you be a beacon of righteousness in Jesus' name. The third thing that we see here, that I see here, is that Samuel didn't hear right, quote-unquote right, the first time. He practiced hearing God. It, it took him four times. It took him four times. Now, he was a toddler or so, they believe, a weaned toddler or so, you know, three to five, maybe six years old when he came to the temple and began, began serving. Uh, but Josephus, the church historian, thinks and believes, it was written in, you know, in his journals, that, uh, uh, he, that Samuel was about 12 years old, 12 years old at this time when, when, when he heard God, when, when he finally heard God. So, so it had been, it'd been a while that he had been in, in, in that temple serving. And again, our application is that he was, you know, young physically, but that we can be young spiritually uh, and not hear God. And it's a process. It's a process of hearing God. So I would say, we said this a couple weeks ago, um, that, that if you have got a major decision in your life and you are young spiritually, I would encourage you not to make the major decision by yourself. I would encourage you to bounce that major decision off elders and elderesses, come on, women, older women and older men in the Lord and ask them, here's what I'm thinking. I'm asking you to pray with me and pray for me because I want to make the right decision. Listen to me. If we had some men and some women and some teenagers and some young adults that would just come, come on, just let yourself down. You, can, you, you could be old, you could be 70 years old and be a baby spiritually and you just need to be man enough, woman enough to say, I need somebody praying for me because I'm about to make a decision and I want to make sure I make the right one. So would you pray with me? I want to hear God on this subject, on this direction I'm thinking about taking because I don't want to crash and burn. I don't want to do something crazy. Let me tell you, before we moved here in 2001, Kimmer and I prayed for three years. Three years. 
We had an itch. We had a leading. We had a witness. We had a God doing something different from the time I was 38 to the time we, I was 41. It wouldn't go away. The more we prayed, the bigger it got. The more we prayed, the more fine-tuned it got. There wasn't a word. There wasn't a book. There wasn't anything. But we had some friends that would start praying for us, and God gave us direction to move down here. Come on, somebody. God will clear it up if you'll have time with him. He didn't get it right the first time. He, he didn't hear God the first time, but come on, somebody, he stuck with it. It's interesting that when he heard the voice, he went to the wrong source. He went to Eli. You could be hearing God and be going to the wrong source for confirmation, quote, unquote. And maybe we'll talk about that next week because I got a whole twist on confirmation. Are we doing all right, everybody? I, 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 I'm just getting warmed up because I'm looking at the clock. Is it really 1117? No, come on. We got, I, I got to finish this. All right, everybody. So hold steady. The air conditioner still on everybody It's getting hot up here. I'm feeling hot up in here, but I'm, yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's where we finished last week. Acts chapter 22 through Acts chapter 26 Paul, it's talking about Paul going to the Jerusalem and then on the way to Rome. God, when Paul got saved, God tells Ananias, it's written down, evidently told Paul too. He said, Paul is going to bear my name before Gentiles and Jews and kings. And I'm going to show him how great things he must suffer for, for my name's sake. That was his call. That was his call. We found out last week that Paul, it said... Everywhere he went, people would pick up on something going on in his life. And they would pick up and they'd say, Paul, we sense disaster, imprisonment, and pain is coming your way. And remember, we had that prophet Agabus that actually took Paul's belt and bound his hands and bound his feet and said, whoever owns this, you're going to go bound into Jerusalem. And you know what? It happened. It happened. Acts chapter 22 through 26 tells this whole story of multiple people time after time had a witness, had a sense of what was going on. People who loved Paul, people who were called to serve alongside him, had a sense of what was going on or going to come up in his life, but they actually made a wrong interpretation about God's will for his life. They loved him so much, they said, we don't want you to go to Jerusalem. We don't want you to die. Come on, we don't want you to go to Rome. We don't want you to die. And Paul said, what do you mean weeping and breaking my heart? It's the will of the Lord. So when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, I'm going to believe that God's going to talk to all of us, regardless if I got a yes or I got a no for you. Come on. I, I, come on. I, I believe God. That, that's what God wants. God wants us to be mature, all of us, to hear God for ourselves. Can you say amen? amen? Now, before Paul is going to be going to appeal his case before Caesar, he actually was in Jerusalem, and the Jews were going to try to kill him. And so they actually came and got Paul and brought him to Caesarea. And while he's in Caesarea, he's giving his testimony to Felix and, the, and Drusilla, the governor and his wife. He's given his testimony to King Agrippa. All these potentates and all these people are coming together. Festus, the governor, was there after Felix. This went on for years, everybody. And he is being used by God to give the word of God to people who would probably never hear God unless he was in quote-unquote jail. 
So let me say it right up in here right now. God does not give a hoot about putting you in some difficult situations to get the word out. So if you think it's always going to be cake and cookies serving Jesus, come here. You're going to have some scrub in the floor sometimes because there's going to be somebody there on your knees next to you that needs to hear the word of God. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, all right. Quick clapping. Taking too much of my time. Come on, let's go. Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, verse 9 through 14. Let's read it. Paul now is left Caesarea, and Paul now is going to be on a ship to go to Rome to defend his case so he doesn't have to die. He's appealed to Caesar as a Roman citizen. He had that right. And now he's on a ship in Acts chapter 27. Let's read it and make four points as we button this up today. You still with me? Here's what it says. Luke, Luke who wrote the book of Acts and his own gospel, Luke, is recording this. Luke is on the boat with Paul. Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Ben, check out what he said. They're getting ready to go on a ship. Men, I, come on, say that word. I perceive that this voyage on this ship is going to end with disaster and much loss, not only for the cargo of the ship, but also for our lives. Hmm. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman, the captain, and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor wasn't suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, opening towards the southwest and northwest, and winter there. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete, but not Long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called a, that, a northeasterner, an awful wind. Check it out. Not long after, everything looked good. Everything checked. All the boxes checked. But Paul, before the ship left the harbor, Paul says, I perceive that this voyage is going to end with disaster. And much loss, not only the cargo, but also of our own lives. We've been talking about this, being led by God, a witness by God. A word Paul uses here is I perceive. Perception, again, means he had insight. Means seeing. Means sensing. Means a knowing. This is the inner witness. This is the lamp of the Lord. This is God talking to him. This is God leading him. Now what we just read, I hope you pay close attention to, because in these six verses or so, we have what Paul said and the direction God's given him and him picking up what's about to happen. If we do this, this is what's going to happen. Verses 
what's going on with these natural men who are sailors, who know what's going on, the soldier who is taking Paul, the centurion, to Rome, the captain of the ship. Why would I listen to you? You don't know anything about the seas. You don't know anything about the direction we're going. You're a preacher, but Paul's got perception. So I want you to see as we close today these two differences that you can have perception, you can have leading, you can have a witness in your heart that everybody around you will say, you're crazy, you're crazy. But somehow in you, God is leading you in a different direction. If you will listen to it, listen to me, if you will listen to it, if God will give you and you'll pray a God-listening heart, I want to honor you, I want to serve you, I want to marry the right man. I want to marry the right woman. I want to do, I want to fulfill the right purpose for my life. I, I, I want to honor you with the gift of my life. Listen, God will lead you regarding, irregardless or regardless of what anybody else says. Four things that we see with the men on the ship. Number one, the sailors were impatient. It says this, when much time had been spent, much time had been spent, it wasn't the season, text tells us, for sailing. But they wanted to get on with their journey. They wanted to get on. I'm getting a little old, so I better marry somebody. Man, housing prices are going up, so I better buy a house. I better buy a house. Don't know what interest rates are. I don't know. And this is going on. You need to pump the brakes and have a God-listening heart. Someone I was reading, uh, I, was, I was actually in a meeting, and, and this minister said this, God is never in a hurry. God's mission is unhurried. And you and I need to develop a culture of patiently waiting. Listen, a culture of patiently waiting. Time to hear God. Now, I know, everybody's so busy. We're all just so busy. You're going to have to find time to just pull back and hear God. So that, 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 that leading, that, that witness inside your heart where I just, I don't, I don't quite know. You, you, you're, going to, you're going to have to pull back and not get in a hurry so you can hear God. Isaiah says this in chapter 28. Whoever believes will not act hastily. I'm not going to be in a hurry. I'm going to wait on God. <laughs> Man, major decision. Us, Kimberly, took us three years to pray it out. Call me a slow learner. Okay. Okay. But I, I knew, listen, just like you, many times in the last 20 years that we've been here, I've been going, God, did we hear you? God, did we hear you? I would always reflect back. I know we're in the right place. I know we're at the right place, at the right time, with the right people. Why? Because you said. And if you said it then, I haven't got any other direction right now. You are going to take care of us. You're going to provide. You're going to direct the church. You're going to add. You're going to multiply. You're going to save. You're going to heal. You're going to deliver. That's what you're going to do. Come on, somebody say amen. Good do it for you too. Yeah. 
Sailors were impatient. Second thing we see here is the sailors took a vote. Check it out. The sailors took a vote. It says the, the majority advised them. The majority. They all got together. What do you think we should do? What do you think we should do? Hey, what do you think I should do with my life? Hey, hey, they asked everybody. They asked everybody. President JFK, John F. Kennedy, uh, he said this. He said, sometimes the majority just means all the fools are on the same side. You don't hear God based on the will of what other people think you should do. You don't hear God that way. You don't hear God or his will based on what everybody else thinks you should do. You hear God based on what he's said to you. Now, I do believe, we've said it every week or several weeks, major decisions. You need to seek, said it earlier, you need to seek the counsel of, of elder men and women, spiritual men and women that God puts around your life. So, so uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be confused. I don't want to be misled. I'm going to humble myself, but, but I'm not going to ask everybody, what do, what do you think I should do? <laughs> what do you think I should do in my life? You're going to hear every kind of word. You need to get alone and not take a vote and have word time and God time, patiently waiting to hear his voice. Third thing that we see here is that the sailors tested the winds, it says. They tested the winds. Remember the phrase? The winds blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire. The winds blew. Seems like it's just the greatest time to do this. Gosh, just seems like it. Seems like it is in my natural man, my flesh, my soul. In my spirit, man, I need to have a witness. I need to be led. Just, everybody's doing it, so I guess, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not going to test the winds. The winds blew softly. It seemed like it was just the right thing to do. Circumstances never dictate the will of God. In the Old Testament, we find out God crashing an army with 300 men, Gideon. Elisha and his servant are, are surrounded, or, Servant goes out and goes, Elisha, you're never going to believe this. The, the enemy is all around us. And Elisha goes, God just opened up his eyes. Give him eyes to see. And the heavens were surrounded by the hosts of angels. Listen, what it looks like many times isn't what's really going on. You and I are led by our spirit. We hear God in our heart. The last thing that we see here is that the sailors were looking for an easy way. One of my study Bibles brought this out. And this port that they wanted to get to was Phoenix. We read it. Phoenix was where sailors spent the winter. It was about 68 miles away, nautical miles away. And they, and they were thinking, most theologians were, were, were believing that they were thinking, we, we just need to get to go to Phoenix and just relax, just kick up our, just, just kick up our feet. We're just looking for an easy way. Just, 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 just get us there. Just whatever, whatever's the smoothest, whatever's the easiest. I'm just looking for an easy life. And, and, and that's when they began crashing and burning. Scripture told us that they, they actually began throwing out cargo. They took the sails let it, and let the ship just drive away. Listen, 14 days they were in hurricane winds. Paul stands up toward the end of the story. He stands up and he says, hey, everybody, get happy. Sounds like a preacher, doesn't it? Get happy. And he says, an angel of God whom I serve stood by me tonight and said, 
everybody's going to be safe. Everybody's going to be safe. So let's eat. Let's get some strength back. And he says, but to tell you the truth, the ship's going to break up. We're going to lose the ship. But everybody's life is going to be spared. It's interesting. He had perception and then God gave him a God word. Hear me. The more we're in the word and hearing what he said, the more we're going to be able to hear what he's saying. And God will give you and I a God listening heart. Like we, we need it more now than ever. Our children need it now more than ever. Our teenagers, our youth, give them a God listening heart. Because there's things that, decisions that will then have lasting ramifications if we take the wrong path. God's a genius to get you back on the right path. But I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm too old to make a wrong decision now. I just, I, 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 I'm too old to make a wrong decision. So I got to just sit back and say, God, I'm needing you to lead me and guide me and direct me. Lead me. And Jesus says this, the way isn't always the wide way, is it? It's many times the narrow way. This doesn't look right. It's against culture. It's against what's going on. But you're speaking to me about this certain thing. I can't get over it. It just seems like every time in a quiet time, it just, there it is again. It just kind of bubbles up to the surface. And I think about it. That's the Holy Spirit shining light, letting it come back. So your mind that's been renewed to the Word of God will grab hold of it. And this is what God wants me to do. This is the direction for my life. Can you say amen, everybody? Hope you got something today. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that as we have had ears to hear what, you're, what you've said from the Word, you are speaking to us specifically about our own lives. Father, I pray for every person in the sound of my voice that's listening here in the room and live right now or online later that we make up our mind to be led by our Spirit to follow the witness, the leading of the Holy Spirit, that we would have supernatural perception, insight, seeing and hearing and knowing. We thank you that our spirit man would be flooded with light so we can know and understand your specific will for our life. We pray that, Lord God, that we'll spend time waiting on you, waiting on you, Father, we're asking that you would carve out in our own hearts, our minds, time, time that we can be with you. Father, cause families to be at peace and rest so that parents can have time to hear God for direction and clarity. Father, we pray that for our singles and we pray that for our marrieds. We pray, Lord God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in our life as it is in heaven. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, all of the room, just give everyone the right to privacy at home as well. If you're in the room, you're not born again, you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we want to give you an opportunity to make that decision today. It begins by you just saying yes to Jesus, just saying no to yourself. I want Jesus in my life. <laughs> I want to hear him, I want to know him, I want to know his will for my life. So all over the room. If you don't know Jesus, when I count to three, just raise your hand. We're going to say a prayer out loud. This is going to be the beginning of the greatest day of your life when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. 
Your spirit's going to be born again. Heaven will be your home. You're going to begin hearing God like never before. This will be a great church for you to be planted in and grow spiritually and see the future that God has for your life. So all over the room, if you don't know him, come on, when I count to three, just lift your hand, say yes to Jesus. Come on, one, two, three. You want to be included in that prayer? Just lift your hand, say yes. All over the room. Praise God. Maybe at the house. Amen. Believers in the room today, come on. Father God, we thank you for all of our hearts being directed towards you. Believers in the room, maybe online as well. Sons and daughters of God, being led by our spirit. So we just say thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, stand up, everybody. Come on. What a great, great Sunday. Hearing God. Hearing God. One more week. Come on, pray for me. That'll give you the last thing that we need to talk about.